On first down, the handoff to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10. He's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Bring the Juice podcast. I am your host, Cody Felger. Joining me, special guest, friend of the show, uh, from the fan, Kevin Bowen. Kevin, how are you doing, man? Doing good, Cody. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, hanging in there during this time. I feel like the next month, couple of months, will be a little bit slower in the NFL circles, but at least we'll get a schedule release later in the week and um, have some more fresh news items to talk about here in May. Yeah, absolutely. And just mentioning the NFL draft just happened a little over a week ago now. And the Indianapolis Colts, um, throughout this offseason, they've addressed they've addressed something that I want to talk about, especially, you know, free agency and the draft. Um, so Frank Reich at the beginning of the 2019 season, when asked about what some of his goals were, said he wanted to be a top five rushing offense. He wanted the Colts to be a top five rushing offense. Well, the Colts didn't meet that mark in 2019. They were very good at the run, at the running game, but they actually were top seven. They were number seventh in the league in the rushing attack. And so Colts did a number of things this offseason to double, even triple down on kind of that whole idea of wanting to be a top five rushing team. They signed Roosevelt Nix. They signed Trey Burton, who's actually a pretty good blocking tight end. And then they draft Jonathan Taylor in the second round. So, Kevin, what are some of these moves, amongst others, kind of telling you about Frank Reich wanting to establish a run and be a top five rushing attack in the league? Yeah, I mean, they are very bullish on this. And um, I think for how much success the Colts had last year from a rushing offense standpoint, there were still moments, some very critical moments in the season. And when that bread and butter just wasn't you know, there on a, you know, weekend week out basis and it's high expectations and it's very difficult to achieve that. Um, but they just weren't able to um, do that over the course of a 16 game season. And ultimately when your passing game struggles as much as it did, it's going to cost you an appearance, you know, whether that's what competing for a wild card spot in week 16 or 17, or obviously competing for a division title. And, you know, it's something I've mentioned several times in my podcast of, I would consider the Colts rushing attack really good, but not elite. And I mean that because when you look at the top 10 rushing defenses, the Colts faced last season, uh, they were right around three yards per carry in those three meetings against Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and Oakland. And then you look at what a team like Tennessee obviously did in the playoffs. I mean, that is an elite, elite rushing attack. That's over five yards per carry against, you know, Baltimore and New England, two of the best run defenses in the entire NFL. So um, I, I think the Colts that know, you know, that they still had another kind of step to take with that. Um, and obviously the Jonathan Taylor pick being the biggest one, but as you mentioned, Roosevelt Knicks, um, you know, comes in and gives your offense a different dimension. Trey Burton is more of a blocking presence than Eric Ebron. I am a little bit surprised the offensive line didn't get more attention. Um, 
but still there are some very notable moves that the Colts are going to, um, no matter who's under center, Jacoby Brissett, Andrew Luck, Phillip Rivers, they want to be a team that can run the football and dictate when they want to run the football. It's something that they couldn't do um, consistently enough last season. And mentioning Jonathan Taylor, what new element amongst many do you think the drafting of Jonathan Taylor does for your rushing offense? Yeah, I think it's a big playability more than anything. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, I watch Jonathan Taylor a lot at Wisconsin, and, and I guess I just kind of, I don't know, maybe assumed or you know, watching a few plays, maybe I was just like, oh, this is a guy that mainly relies on that, you know, 225, 230-pound frame. But when you watch him more, and I've certainly done that over the last week and a half, I mean, his home run ability just separates him from not only the opposing defense, but I think separates him from uh, even past Wisconsin running backs. You know, you, you, you look at Monte Balls, a second round pick, you look at Melvin Gordon as a first round pick. I mean, those guys did not run, you know, four, three, nine in the 40 yard dash. They were four, five, four, six guys and just didn't have that explosive playmaking element that I think Taylor brings. He's not just, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust, just wearing you down in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, eventually those numbers just start to pile up. Look at how many 200 yard games he had in college, you know, Iowa and Ohio State and Michigan. I mean, those are some big runs that he had in those games. Um, so I, I think all of that, you know, stands out to me. And I, I just feel like he now gives you. Um, some of the big playability that you know Marlon Mack has hit on several huge runs in his career, but now you have an added dimension to where no matter who's in the game at running back, you have that home run element. Yeah, and then you know staying with these running backs, how do you think this helps Marlon Mack? Because we've seen Marlon Mack ever since he got drafted by the Colts in 2017, he hasn't played full in the full 16 game season, so there have been some durability concerns along with him and, and Malik Hooker who the Colts just declined his option. Um, how do you think this helps Marlon Mack? I know some people are like, well, this means Marlon Mack might get traded, or this means Marlon Mack's not going get, to get the same production. I actually kind of look at it, Kevin, as a positive for Marlon Mack, because now, you know, Frank Reich has historically used a multi-back system where, you know, yeah, he may have a feature back, but there's multiple guys getting the ball, and it keeps guys fresh. I guess I'm curious for your, from your perspective, how do you think this is actually a positive for Marlon Mack? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a positive when you look at his longevity um, and, and just like you said, having a little bit more tread on those tires uh, coming out of this 2020 season because he's not going to need to carry the same sort of workload um, that he's had for the past two seasons. You know, ever since Frank Gore moved on in 2017 and Mac emerged as that lead back. Um, so that will help him down the road. Um, but outside of that, I mean, he, he's not going to be getting the lion's share. So I think selfishly, um, you know, Mac would maybe want more of that lead back role and in a critical, you know, fourth quarter series, I'll be very interested to see who the Colts turn to, whether that be Jonathan Taylor or it be Marlon Mack. And this just goes back to, you know, some of the arguments that I'm sure we'll have come March about the free agency outlook and the, and the future outlook for Marlon Mack. I just cannot see him um, coming back here because you only got one chance to make that money as a running back in the NFL. That, that's how present day. Um, running backs, you know, go about things. The, the Frank Gore is beyond the anomaly in what he's able to do throughout his entire career. Um, so I just think Mack will want the opportunity to be a lead back somewhere else. You don't draft a guy 41st overall 
to split carries. I mean, Jonathan Taylor needs to become a, a 20 carry guy for you at some point in his career. Um, but yeah, for this season, again, from a more of a, whatever, a dozen carry standpoint, 15 carry standpoint, um, I'll, I'll be really curious to see exactly what that looks like because, you know, Marlon Mack isn't, or I guess under Frank Reich, we haven't really seen a by committee approach. You know, Marlon Mack has had a lot of 20 carry plus games in his career. Yes, we saw some of that in Philly. Granted, Frank Reich wasn't the play caller then. So I, I, I will be interested to see how all that uh, develops for the Colts this season. What do you think this means for the future of Jordan Wilkins with the Colts? Uh, you know, that's a great question. I actually have him off my 53-man roster that I predicted last week. Um, and I know it's very, very early. But the reason that I go off that is not so much for what I think of, Mar- uh, of Jordan Wilkins. I think Jordan Wilkins has been pretty effective when he's been in the game. It just goes back to how the Colts used Jonathan Williams last season. Um, or even the season before that. I mean, you talk about a fourth running back because obviously you have Taylor, you have Mack, you have Naeem Hines, and then then that fourth running back. There were so many times when Jonathan Williams was a healthy scratch, wouldn't even play, wouldn't even dress. You know, even when he had the back-to-back 100-yard games, when Marlon Mack came back, I want to say Williams had like two carries in the final month of the season. So even when he proved himself, it's not like that, that led to any sort of role. So for Jordan Wilkins to make this team, He's going to have to be a core special team player without a doubt. He's played special teams, which is good news, but he's going to have to be that without question. Um, And then you throw in Roosevelt Jones. I mean, that's kind of an extra roster spot that you have to think about as well. When you start crunching numbers, we know, we know, excuse me, Roosevelt Jones. I'm thinking of the, uh, (laughs) the Butler basketball player, Roosevelt Knicks. Um, He is a, a big time special teams presence as well. Um, and Frank Reich has mentioned that. So I think that's where you get into the difficulty of things with Wilkins of like, okay, do you have the luxury of keeping a third quarterback, a, a fourth running back that it just gets into some of the number issues? Um, you know, you, you do get the extra two roster spots each week. So maybe, you know, you're able to bump someone up off, off the practice squad. Uh, but I just don't think it's a slam dunk for Jordan Wilkins to make this team, let alone have a, have a role on game days. Yeah, and, and kind of speaking on Naheem Hines, um, what do you think the addition of a guy like Philip Rivers does for Naheem Hines? Because we saw last year and in years past, running backs like Darren Sproles, Danny Woodhead, Austin Eckler last year had 90 catches. What do you think this does for the value of Naheem Hines as the Colts' primary receiving running back? Yeah, I think it's a great question. You know, you, Jonathan Taylor didn't do a whole lot of third down stuff at Wisconsin, frankly, because he needed a rest. Um, but, you know, from a pass protection standpoint, from a, um, from a um, you know, pass catching standpoint, both of those things on third down, there's just not a lot of film um, of him doing that. So I think that he is someone that I'll be curious to see what that role is. But for now, I, I think Hines is still going to be your third down option. Because he is built more in the mode of a Woodhead, of an Eckler, of a Sproles, of some scatter, you know, back um, jitterbug sort of guy, you know, can move lateral, laterally well. And I think that that part of his game um, is needed as well for this offense. It just gives you a different element. You can go with some two back sets, you know, maybe use some Wildcat stuff, use Heinz and Jet sweeps, that things like that. I think he's a good chess piece that we saw late in the season, obviously explode on punt returns. Uh, but that is something that I think this this offense should try and tap into. So 
you know, Omar Mack has hardly been used on third down. You know, Taylor, again, as a rookie, how much do you want to throw on his plate? I think you should make sure that that Hines um, has some value for you and, again, can just diversify this offense with the skill set. Yeah, and kind of want to talk about the the last question I have here. So Frank Reich talked in his Zoom conference kind of about, you know, Phillip Rivers and, and how the run game would help Phillip Rivers' game. I actually dug up some stats here from the 2018 Chargers when they went 12-4 and four to this last year when the Chargers had a losing record. In 2018, the Chargers were 18th in the league in rushing, and then a year later they dropped 10 spots and are 28th, so near last in the league in rushing. Presumably the Colts are going to have – you know, they want a top five rushing attack. We'll just say for the sake of argument, top 10 at least. Um, how do you think that helps Phillip Rivers? You know, Frank Reich has said, we don't think he's lost anything physically, but, you know, he's 38. So he's he's getting up there in age. He's not, you know, if he was mobile at all, he's definitely a statue now. How do you think that helps a guy like Phillip Rivers um, not having to feel like, you know, kind of throwing it back to Andrew Luck, you have to, if I don't make this throw, my team may not win. Uh, how do you think this helps Philip Rivers here, um, having knowing he has a pretty good rushing attack behind him? Yeah, I think it's a really good question. Something the Colts are banking on. You know, that was part of this get Rivers into a new environment. When a lot of people hear that, they think, okay, um, he is going to be what playing behind a better offensive line, but it's a lot more than that. To me, it's, you have, again, like you said, the committed productive rushing attack. And then you also you know, should have a better defense or at least an improved defense from where the Colts were last season. So if you're playing from ahead more, that should help you out. I um, mean, you know, Rivers threw 20 interceptions last year. I want to say 17 of them, I think were when they were tied or behind so when you think about that, that's where it goes back to, okay, now you're playing from ahead. Rivers doesn't feel like he's got to play hero ball. He really struggled in the fourth quarter last year and having to come from behind in so many of those games. So I think those are all factors. Um, I found it interesting. We, we, we talked to Frank Reich yesterday uh, about his kind of virtual offseason program, and he mentioned that you know some of Rivers' best success was when they had a, a really productive run game. And, you know, looking at the numbers closer, I didn't see like a direct correlation with that. So I just think it's almost an added bonus of like, if you can be a top 10 rushing attack, this is something that Phillip Rivers hasn't had. And I think a huge factor, huge factor is going to be the play action game. We just didn't see enough of it last season. That's where the home run ability of a guy like Jonathan Taylor can come into play as well. You now strike some fear in opposing defense of like, oh, they got that guy. Oh, they got that guy. Um, and that full well can lead to some plays over the top. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for your time, man. Um, I know you just came off another podcast. I just actually saw it. I, you've yet to listen to it, but should be, uh, some good Colts conversations and it's kind of going to be a little bit of a lull unless the Colts do something crazy. Um, besides the schedule release, there's really not a whole lot going on. I mean, everything big has kind of happened. So, um, definitely, We'll keep uh, keep in touch, and uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Cody.